Welcome to another episode of The Multipliers Podcast, filled with exclusive interviews with experts from all fields, getting in-depth on motivation, inspiration, personal development, business, and more. This is The Multipliers Podcast with your hosts, Anthony Sarandria and Falabi Solanke. Uh, welcome back to Multipliers. Um, today we got a really interesting topic, and you know a lot of people know you know your roots, where you're from, uh-huh. from Nigeria, and uh, but I know for me the stories you tell me are just fucking mind blowing. Yeah, I, uh, I I just I can't, <laughs> can't relate where, from where I live. So definitely, um, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> where, where do you want to get started? There. I mean, we just we just had a, uh, a pretty serious incident happen, <laughs> and got a call, and I think that's what prompted us to really uh you know talk about this stuff i don't know if you want to start there and just just kind of give people like because i for me you know and you'll get into it i'm yeah. sure but like it's not a reality to me a lot of the stuff that happens in i don't know is nigeria's second world third world i don't know but yeah a lot of this stuff's not a reality to the the problems that i face uh-huh. every day or i think i you know I, i'm using air quotes if you're just listening to yeah. audio the problems compared to you know some of the stuff you, you share with yeah i mean a lot of our problems here in, in the u.s you know we call them first world problems Right. When Nigeria, they're third world problems, fourth world problems, depending on where you live, depending on the landscape. Right. And the geography of where you're located in Nigeria. Right. Um, I mean, the best way to start is just to say that there's 190 million people in Nigeria. Right. And keep in mind, Anthony, those are accounted for people. That's not including Bush people. Right. Mm. I don't know a Bush person. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We'll get into we'll get into what a Bush person is. But I mean, I think in the U.S. it's around 320, 350 million people, right? Yeah. So think about half the size. Half the size. Yeah. In 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 one country alone, so you can just understand the infrastructure, right, of what Nigeria is and how hard it can be for that that place, that nation, to just grow. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the problems that we have in Nigeria, I mean, there there's plenty of them. Right. But there's plenty of amazing things in Nigeria, too. Right. 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 So I guess one of the first stories of something that just most recently happened was my grandmother getting kidnapped. Crazy. Crazy shit. (laughs) It is crazy. And we just kind of went through everything now and she's doing good. She's she's happy. She's healthy. Um, But um, in this certain area of, of where we're from, of where my grandmother was born, you know, where I go back every year for generations, uh, my nonprofit. I mean, it's it, it's a difficult place to live, right? Like in America here, you have, you know, you have ghettos. Yeah. In Nigeria and, and countries like that, well, you have villages. <laughs> and I've, you can't even compare a village to a ghetto. So what is that? Tell me, tell me, like, what what is walking into a village? What does it look like? Does it look, because I imagine... Dirt huts, like, and I don't know if this is just yeah, yeah. insight. That's that's what I imagine. Definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of the the picture that you see that that you kind of formulate in your mind. It looks like that, but yeah. obviously, you can't really understand it until you're actually there. You can, you can actually feel of and kind of kind of grasp what it's like to actually be there. What is it? Right. Like? So, my grandmother's house, for example, you know, it's located in Mbuli, right, which is an emo state. Okay. Of Nigeria, Nigeria split into into states, right? So the certain area, I mean, 
hundreds of thousands of people that just inside this one village, mm. right? And when you say dirt lands and that's what this, right? A lot of Nigeria is very green as well. So there's riverside areas too. But when it comes to the infrastructure as far as how houses look, yeah. I mean, these houses are built by hands. There's no machineries coming in. There's nothing like that. So, I mean, I, you know, some of the stories that come to mind you've shared that I'd love for you to go even even deeper in is like sure. you travel around with a shooter. Like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck does that? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Nigeria, even when you get out from the airport, right? And obviously with who my family is at the same time, there's certain things that you kind of have to be careful with, mm. right? So, you know, as soon as we, you know, get out from the airport, you know, you have to have security with you. And our security is usually, you know, it's, it's military, and from the time Delta, the airport, right? When you're walking through customs, the, your security is already waiting there for you. And they'll take you to get your bags. And as you're leaving, right, the airport, I mean, you already have a van that, that's ready to pick you up. And keep in, keep in mind that van is a military van too, right? That way when you're getting stopped, you know, you can keep driving. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, one one thing. Yeah. Let's look at the camera. Yeah, I mean that, that's nuts. I mean, what one thing that that um, I want to make a point of too is at the end of this, because uh, the, there's uh, the other side of the coin too, right? Which is like, I think that Nigeria or a third world country is the villages and all the stuff that you're yeah. you're saying are true. But there's also a lot of beautiful, beautiful. built places too, beautiful. and it's a, and it, there are you know just like anywhere, good mm -hmm. and bad places in there too. So I, I want to make sure everyone listening like hangs on to the end because that's equally as much of a mind fuck for me when you came back and you're showing me pictures of things yeah. and how beautiful it is. And I'm like, I thought it was literally like Yuma, you know, yeah. everywhere, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever. You yeah. know? So, so um, <laughs> I, I mean, but, but just, just piggybacking off what we're, what we're talking about, like if you're a, you know, you're, you're a, a normal everyday person in Scottsdale or something like that. And you know, you, you have these problems, like what, what would you, what would you say to someone like that? That, that, when you've seen firsthand like real struggles, like how how do you get through to someone who hasn't struggled, but yeah. y y you know really needs to probably or needs to have some 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 understanding of what struggling is yeah. in order to better their lives. Honestly, to to be really real with you, Anthony, sometimes you can't understand the struggle until you live the struggle, and 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 that's just the truth. You know, I can tell you these stories, right? I can tell you the struggle I've been through or the struggle my family has been through for years, but. I mean, it, you really have to live that struggle to truly understand and grasp what that is. It's a different struggle, right? Yeah. Everyone has their has their own struggles, right? Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I've been trying to do over time was bring my friends that you know live in first world country, like the amazing place we live in now, yeah. and bring them to Nigeria to really experience it. Um, and I think that's really the only way to understand what my struggle may have been, right? Yeah. Now, to someone else's struggle, you know, I would kind of just tell them stories of, of experiences that I've been through, you know. Well, I mean, I, I think what what's interesting is anybody listening going through, I mean, we're in quarantine right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we look at that as a struggle. Yeah, and maybe yeah. it is. And people are losing their jobs or not making money. And that that's a real struggle. And those are real struggles. But, you know, keeping in mind that that's building character. And for a lot of people listening, this this might be the first real, real, real struggle they've had. They lost a job. I know for me, like when this yeah. stuff all started, like one of the, one of our businesses was doing really well, and I was like, "This is it's not good," but I was like, yeah. "Things are going well." And then one, as of even this week, I shared with you, like 
had a bunch of like downfalls to it, down pits. Went right when the news came out that we were going to be in quarantine for a month, and like that hit me on the fucking head. Yeah. And I can't imagine if I had lost everything. I lost my job. or trying to figure things out. Like this is the first time people have struggled. A lot of people uh, yeah. here in 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 nice places. Yeah, and I mean, look, I don't want to say that. I mean, there's a lot of bad that's coming with it, but you know, I see the little specks of goodness in this, and kind of the humility that goes with this, right? Like we're given so much. Right. And that's why a lot of people, they don't know what that struggle is, Anthony. We've been given too much. And so I think now with everything that's going on inside this world is smaller. Right. The world's a more quiet place right now. I think it's giving everyone a time to think and time to kind of grasp all the amazing things that they have in life. For sure. You know, I I, I like to think, um, you know, pride ourselves that we're well-traveled. Yeah. Uh, very blessed to be able to do that. Very blessed. Most very people... Blessed. You know, I'll get messages. I know you do too. About like, oh, living vicariously through you. Or I wish I could do what you're doing. And <laughs> yeah. like, they're genuine too, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, for why I think it's it's proclaimed so much that you need to travel is. I remember for me, a big experience was four or five years ago. When I went to Thailand, and I saw a kid Amazing. and a mom literally sleeping in the middle of like felt like Times Square in New York City. Yeah, and there's Bangkok. Just like Bangkok, and there's a mom and a kid just sleeping there. And I remember like getting tears in my eyes and a chill because. That was some shit I'd never been around. And then we got, I don't know if you remember this, we got chased by like a pack of kids, literally 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. year old kids that they saw hungry. saw we were, you know, not from there and, uh, and, and you know, trying to grab money and take yeah. money and stuff like that or ask, beg for money and like literally surround and swarm us. We were like, one of our friends literally ran. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that, that was an experience for me. So, I mean, experience. do you have other experiences like that that you can share specifically from, you know, where you're from to someone who doesn't have the luxury to be able to travel the world? Definitely, definitely. I mean, we'll go back to Thailand and talk about how crazy that trip was. But, you know, just living in Nigeria, you know, I have cousins. I have, you know, where, where we're from, that certain village, I have thousands of cousins, right? And I go back there and I really see that these people are no different than I am. Yeah, and that's why I would love for people to actually be able to see that, look, these people are no different than you. I mean, they've just been dealt a harder hand. So I have cousins that live there that have the same dreams and aspirations that I do. They just weren't given all the amazing things that I was given, right? Like I was born in New York and they were born in the village. Like I could have easily have been one of those kids born inside the village, right? Sure. So even though I was born in New York and we were born in, in, in Brooklyn, we were, you know, we came from the streets, same thing. It's a different type of street, but we're still from the same street. But look, we went to laundromat to wash our clothes. <clears throat> and my cousins, well, they went to the, the river, you know, so... Even that, like as a young kid, like I still knew I was poor, you know, I still knew I wasn't doing that good. But look at my cousins. I mean, they were really washing their clothes in the river, the same river that they drink their water out of, right? The same river that they shower in is the same river that they wash their clothes in. So, look, I may have not been born to a ton of wealth, but I was, I was given 10 times more gifts than these people were. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the saying is if you're in the, uh, if you make minimum wage in this country, you're in the top 1% of the world. Wow. Uh, I, I believe, don't quote me on that exactly, but I believe that that's a true statement. Mm -hmm. I believe if you make minimum wage in the United States of America, you're in the top 1% of the world in wealth. Yeah, damn, that's insane. Um, let's circle back to Bangkok, though. What was kind of your first thought of when we were in Bangkok and you were seeing those kids sleeping on the ground? Man, I'll tell you what, it was like, that was the first, because we had been on a few trips. I've been to Mexico and yeah. mostly like tourist spots. And not that Bangkok's not a tourist spot, but uh, for me, that's the first time I really understood the word culture shock. Yeah. Like the food was, they didn't have breakfast. Like yeah. every, like just that alone is like funny. Like people were aggressive. I mean, 
one one story is when we got stopped at a taxi and oh, yeah. uh, they, they thought you were smuggling drugs yeah. and they made you open your mouth with a with a flashlight yeah, and flashlight see if you had drug, drugs in your lip and like this was like night one and night two this yeah. shit. <laughs> that was a crazy trip <laughs> when you really think about crazy. it. That's but we weren't an doing it. You know, we were in Bangkok where people. <laughs> People, you know, that's a tourist spot. That's a yeah. hot spot. Yeah. And this shit was going on. And then, you know, we go out to islands and and then see more. And really untouched beauty. I think if we're looking for silver linings, not just place. like untouched beauty in the world. And so yeah. these, you know, second, third world, far, far off countries that, that um, it, you know, really just they, it gives you perspective on, yeah. on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And that's one thing is until you actually kind of travel there, you may not know. Right. And a place like Bangkok could be beautiful in someone else, someone's eyes and ugly to to someone that has lived there their whole life well i, I recently went back and i loved it the first time yeah. you and i joked on the plane ride home we, we would never be back here. never be back um yeah. and i went back and i loved it that's cool that's amazing which is uh i mean i'm yet to go back though <laughs> well, it, it, it just shows you how you know if, if you came to arizona for instance and you went mm-hmm. to you know maybe somewhere in downtown phoenix because you hear phoenix yep Maybe didn't like it. If you came to, to Scottsdale or you went somewhere else, maybe you did like it, depending on what you like. Maybe yeah. in Sedona, you loved it, you know? Yes. But it is just, that's that's a great lesson with traveling I've learned mm-hmm. as well, too, is that just because you like or don't like something, you may have gotten lucky to to have done the things that you did there mm-hmm. because you very easily could flip. Prague, everybody loves Prague. Yeah. I hated Prague. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all about perspective, right? Like, one, one man's... Uh, what treasure in number man's garbage. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. So you could go to someplace like Thailand the first time be like, look, this is so new to me. It's such a culture shock. You really don't know what to do there. And then the second time you go, well, you're a little bit older, right? A little bit more mature. You can kind of take things in a little bit better. Yeah, right? for sure. And, I, you know, um, I think you can get like micro doses of this shit too. Yeah. I think, I think you can go drive to Apache Junction. Mm-hmm. And, and, and no, I'm serious. And Definitely like, and like, kind of like under, and you know, maybe that's you know, that's that's a you know, if you're not from Arizona, that's a town. Yeah, uh, here and like, kind of understand like, you know, you see truck drivers' life, you see an RV, you see that like, even if you just like, and I'm not necessarily suggesting you know, stay there or don't, but even that like, that is culture. Shock. I like that. I like that. Just. Look, anything outside of your norm mm. is culture shock. Yeah. So look, maybe you can't go to Thailand today, right? Yeah. But maybe you can go to Apache Junction today. Maybe right. you can go to Globe. Maybe you can go to a lot of these outside bordering cities, right? Yeah. Just to get a little taste, right? A little microdose. Because like I, because I agree. I think there's, you know, I think there's two sides to this. One is if you're listening, you're like, if you can afford to go, you need to. And if you mm-hmm. can't, you know, you're, you might be like, damn, I, I, I can't get that, that perspective, but. I think you can. I think and, you can. And, and I think, you, you know, I, I don't know if you have any other thoughts with that too, but I think it's possible too. I think it's possible. I think it's a different perspective, but I think it's still a perspective that's outside your norm. And the only way that you can get more acclimated to what the outside world is like or what your bubble is, is trying, is moving and is yeah. trying something new or going to a city that you normally would never go to. Yeah. Right. Well, let's get let's get back to so Nigeria for example. That's yeah. obviously somewhere that is is really close to your heart. Like, yeah. so if I never met you and you said Nigeria, I, I'm thinking. And again, this is ignorant as all hell. I'm thinking, got you know, military people with guns riding on the back of in pickup trucks, and I, yeah. I'm thinking desert. And, and, <laughs> and it's true. And I think a lot of people listening that you know might might be thinking similarly about a place like that. Like, tell us about the like the beauty and the the like the the, the main city and, yeah. and everything around that and just like how how flipped that could be as well yeah i mean i think when most people think about africa maybe nigeria per se they're thinking about 
you know, lions and tigers and there's just elephants and, (laughs) and just, you know, just wild animals just kind of, kind of running around and it's nothing like that. It's nothing like what you've seen in the movies. Yeah. It's nothing like what you've seen in the television shows when the kids are just sleeping everywhere. There's flies. It's not like that. Right. Some places are. Let's be real here. But there's some places that are beautiful. And look, I've traveled, right? Greece, Thailand, all these amazing places. And there's certain places in Nigeria that I love more than anywhere else. Yeah. Right? Lagos, which is the capital. It's so... Lagos, Lagos. Lagos, right? L-A-G-O-S, Lagos, which is a beautiful place, right? You won't say beachfront property, you have it. You want to talk yachts, you have it. Jet skis, you have it. Private jets, you it's have it. It's crazy how the, the wealth distribution in some of these countries. Oh, my God. I mean, look, Nigeria is, is real wealth. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to think. You have Lagos, you have Abuja, you have Ikoyi, you have Victoria oil, right? Island. A lot of oil. A ton of oil. Yeah. A ton of natural resources, forget, right? Yeah. And you have to think there's so many people as well. So there's a heavy workforce, mm-hmm. right? Cheap so, labor. Right? Cheap labor at yeah. the same time. So when you're it's wealthy great. in Nigeria, you're very wealthy in Nigeria, mm-hmm. right? But back to visiting Nigeria, I mean, look, you can get both sides of it. And that's what I want to tell people is when you go, yeah, you need to spend time in the village, right? You have to see what the village life is like. But then you can come back to Lagos, right? Yeah. You can experience all the, the fancy things that you, you have in America. You can have that in Nigeria at the same time. Yeah. How's, mm-hmm. the, uh, how's the cost of living out there? Uh, it depends where you live, right? If you go to these, these bigger cities, right? I mean, it's American pricing. Yeah. Like if you go to Victoria Island, Ikoi, Lakey, these places, it's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. So let's not get it twisted here, right? These places that are nice, well, yeah. they're nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not cheap to live there. Well, I remember, uh, and, then I've, and then I've got a, uh, something business-wise question as well, too, because mm-hmm. uh, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll start with that before I forget it, but you and I will travel, and like there's sometimes we see things that we're like, damn, if that was in the States – that would crush it. And it's funny because I've seen the inverse now too. Like in, in uh, I, I think it's called Curb maybe. I forget the exact name. Okay. And, and when, we went to Thai, when I went back to Thailand, it's Uber. And we just brought it there and they called it Curb or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Uber can't compete there because Curb's already got too much market share. I'm like, yeah. I don't know this story, but I've got to imagine that, that you know, they borrowed. And, and then I'd see, you see like in uh, Costa Rica, there's like, the, sl- the sleep mattress, like the, yeah, the, yeah. the sheep on there. Like, you literally <laughs> stole the logo for a mattress company. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, when you're in Nigeria, is there anything there or honestly, even just our travels at all where you're mm-hmm. like, you get inspiration for things in America? Because I, I really do think a lot of, a lot of great companies start in a different country yes. and then, um, uh, you know, move over to America and yeah. actually become successful or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both, yeah. right? And it, when you talk about cheap labor, right? That's why China does so amazing, right? right? And all our products that we're getting, right, are from China, right? Yeah. A ton of people, heavy workforce, right? And they're doing a lot of the jobs that, look, I would never do. Yeah, good right? point. So when you're in Nigeria, you see everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uber just got to Nigeria, so well, let's just keep that in mind, right? Right. They even have an Uber boat. Wow. So it's a water taxi that, that can take you, right, to, to na- neighboring cities, right? That's wild. But they're slowly getting there. I'm working on something right now. I'm keeping it quiet, right? So I can't. Yeah. I won't go into that. I won't go into that yet. But did you? So you got? Did you get the motivation from America to bring to Nigeria? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you go there, then you get to see what the landscape is really like. Then you get to see the little things that they're missing, right? I mean, that's one thing that I've talked to you about. I like in you know my 
my next few years, decades of entrepreneurship yeah. is, I think there's tremendous opportunity to do that. Oh, a ton of opportunity. And that kind of leads into, you know, a lot of the nonprofit stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. Right. And I have a ton of friends that have nonprofits here in America. And when I was thinking about all these ideas, it was, hey, look, I don't want to do this in America. Right. It's, it's already, you know, been done in America. Right. Right. But I have friends and family and all these other people in Nigeria that could use these resources that I have. Mm. So the flip side of that, Anthony, is I'm actually using the ton of my resources that I have here in the U.S. right to bring back to Nigeria. Make a there. Yeah. Right to make a difference there. And my nonprofit's called Generations. Yes. Right. And it's there's a few different facets of it. Yeah. But the first thing I'm starting with is soccer fields. Right. Because soccer is relatively cheap sport to play. For sure. All you need is a soccer ball, and you can play soccer. A lot of these other sports are a lot harder for you know, kids to play because they don't have the money for equipment. Yeah. I mean, you take two trash cans, there's your goal. There's your goal. Yeah. And, you know, the last time I went to Nigeria um, is when I actually put everything together. But the time before that, you should see, I mean, they were in trash cans. They didn't have trash cans. Wow. It was, you know, little metal rods that were just stuck into the ground and those were used as goalposts. Right. So what we did for our nonprofit was we actually built actual goalposts. Right. We had real nets. Yeah. We had real soccer balls. We gave away over 200 soccer balls. Can you talk about the, the just the gratitude these kids have and joy when they when you brought that stuff to them? Yeah. I mean, the, for some of these kids, I mean, they've never been given anything. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, nothing like you're given life and it's like, all right, go go live it. You know, so I remember one of the kids and he was my age. Um, and he was, I mean, he's not a kid, he's an adult at this point, but he never had anyone to look up to. Yeah. Right. He never had family to kind of surround him and give him all these tools, all these little things. Right. And he's probably who I spent the most time with, but he just goes, Hey, Flabby, like, thank you so much. Because he goes, no one ever in my life has ever done anything like this for me. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it touches you when you go there and Especially, you get back. Yeah. And, it could come from a young kid or it could come from an adult who's just never had the opportunity to, you know, to really succeed. Well, it's, it's makes me feel like shit because <laughs> I, um, you know, I'll get gifts or I'll buy something and three weeks later, it's not a, it's not even a thing. I don't even care anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, to put yourself in the shoes of someone who literally has nothing and to get, you know, such an upgrade in something that really gives them so much joy, which yeah. is, is is soccer or yeah. sport. Just, you know? just a ball. A ball. Like to us, we see soccer ball. To them, throw it out. Yeah. Soccer Curious. ball is everything. To it's a an interesting dynamic. Interesting dynamic. Um, I mean, look, it's it's not it's not our fault that we've been given more. You yeah. know, but it's about what we do with everything we've been given. For sure. You know. For sure. I mean, um, so I mean, I think the point of why we wanted to do this and talk about. Nigeria in general was uh, for those people, and even even me. And I get exposed to it through you, and I do I do travel very well traveled. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff I still don't see or know or fully grasp. So, anything else you want to leave everyone listening to 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 maybe get perspective? I guess is the really is really the the I think the overarching kind of angle here for someone that can't afford or doesn't have the time or the resources. Or honestly, the, the guts to travel to a Nigeria. I'll be honest, you asked me to come. I was scared. I didn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to touch on, maybe we touch on fear first because a lot of people are fearful, right? Because they haven't been before. And I believe that if you are fearful, you go with the right, the right people, right? So if 
Anthony has never been before and I'm taking him with me. Well, the same military van I'm, I'm driving again, he'll be driving with me. The same security I have, I'll have the same security with me. So I think, you know, to really get accustomed with it, you have to go with people that have lived it and have been there before just to make you feel comfortable at first. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? And I think that way, you know, you can actually take everything in and you're not going to let fear kind of hold, hold you back from being there. Well, you right? know, it, it, this doesn't necessarily play into fear, but one thing I told myself, I went, when I went to Australia recently, yeah. um, five months ago, four months ago now at this point, and uh, I had a local buddy there who I'm not really that close with. I've met a handful of times, yeah. but um, he actually hit me up and was like, oh, you're here. Let me take you out. I had just the, like, it was a night and day yeah, yeah. Like, time going Definitely. with someone who yeah. knew the area versus the night before, you know, do, doing stuff off of, you know, a trip advisor or, mm-hmm. or online or even YouTube people saying, you know, go here, go yeah, here. And like, th- that's one thing that I will start doing much more often is anybody who's, who's definitely been, but anybody who's from that area, mm-hmm. even if I barely know them, vaguely know them, yes. I will be reaching out because that, that really changed my trip. It does. And it can. And honestly, even if you're going to another state. And we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Just reach out to one friend. I have not seen them in a long time, but reach out and say, hey, look, I'm coming in town. Do you have any recommendations for me? Yeah. Hey, c- could you show me this? Hey, could you take me there? Yeah. All the little things. But nowadays there's groups. Right? True. Like in co- college you did study abroad. It's just like that right now. Yeah, you're right. Right. You're right, actually. So there's Facebook groups, right? Visit Nigeria, right? Visit Ghana. Visit all these places. So mm-hmm. you're not just there on your own. You're there with a group of people that travel and do trips every six months or every year, right? Yeah. So that you can go with these people. You can feel comfortable. You can go and experience something new. Now, let's say someone doesn't have the, let's say fear is not the issue. It's mm-hmm. it's resources, yeah. money or time uh, to go experience something like, like Nigeria or Thailand or yeah. Costa Rica or any of these places we're talking about. Like, what do you say to them to give them perspective again if we're tying it home? Yeah, I mean, there's there's another side of that. I don't think you have, if you don't have the money or resources, maybe you have the time, right? So there's companies where you can get grants, right? Mm-hmm. Just to go to these places. Interesting. Right? You can go there and do workshops, whether that's teaching young kids how to speak English, right? Teaching math, teaching English. So I think there's, there's interesting ways and creative ways that you can find if them. you don't have the finances to go, right? Yeah. Because I, I feel like if you want to go, you'll you'll find a way there. Fair. And then kind of a tear down from that is honestly just doing a little bit of research, right? Yeah. Start to talk to people, right, that have traveled and mm-hmm. kind of ask them, hey, where have you traveled? Interesting. Okay, how much how much did you spend when you went there, right? Because you might think it's 10 times more expensive than what it actually is. Yeah. Like, look, it's like our trip to Thailand. Like, Thailand, you can live like a king. It's true. It's true. And I'll say, you know, um, on the flip side of that, funny enough, I uh, – I feel like there's always these little expenses that come up when you're traveling. <laughs> it's a bag check fee. It's this, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tax of the tax. That's a whole other video or story yeah. of how to, how to travel, right? But yes. yeah, I, I guess, bro, um, you sharing this stuff, like, you know, it, it continues to be more and more eye-opening to me. Yeah. You looking, I remember we were looking for, um, you know, a phone for to send. I think it was one of your cousins or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Never had a phone. Like, <laughs> things like that, like really, like they make me stop and be like, wow, like, you were worried about what, you know, or you were, you were stressed about what yeah, again, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I, I hope that's what everybody listening kind of gets firsthand from you. So uh, thank you for sharing that. bro. Of course, of course, anytime. And honestly, if anyone has any questions about visiting Nigeria, what it's like to really be in Africa, I'm open to it. Sweet, bro. This has been the Multipliers podcast. Me and the kid going after him. Much love Let's as go. always, baby. Always, baby. Love you. Many more to thank come. Thank you.
Y Bo Quen. 